Welcome to episode 15 of the Dueling Review. It's probably much more than that, but we yeah, got to start somewhere. Honest. 15's a good number. Yeah, 15's a good number, sure. I'll go with 15. I'm Stephen, that's you Matthew. Board, you wouldn't get 15. I'd be only at 11. Isn't there you only know, supposed to be, tw- be at, isn't there be a, like 11? Aren't there only supposed to be 11 resurrections? Stephen, with your diet, you would have died and come back at least five times <sighs> for beer alone. Oh, yes, right, says the man. The Coors doctor. Says Matthew Peterson. The Coors doctor passed away. Please. Hey, I'm perfectly healthy. I have athlete's foot and tendinitis. Well, see, I don't have any of those, so I've got one up on you. See, I have, Welcome, I everyone, to Dueling Reviews, a show where it's uh, two guys, oh, one comic, infinite possibilities. I love that phrase. So uh, this week, talking about infinite possibilities and uh, regenerations and all this stuff. This uh, year marks the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who over at the BBC. He hasn't been over here in the United States that long, but uh, we'll respect his heritage. He came here in 1966. Was that the year that it started? Oh, I don't know. In the U.S.? I know I I discovered... I know I discovered Doctor Who, man, I must have been in, like, uh, late middle school, early high school, I forget which one, because I remember going to a Doctor Who convention at the PBS public television station in Kansas City, Missouri. Wow, you were a nerd. Well, back then I was. I was probably the youngest one there. I remember my grandparents dropped me off and said, okay, we're going to be back at 4 o'clock, be ready to go. (laughs) And all the old guys were like, hey, who's a kid? Yeah, pretty much. Let's get him drunk and see if he dances. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so in like or- yes, uh, as part of the 50th anniversary celebration, IDW, who has been running a lot of the uh, Doctor Who classic series, as well as a couple uh, current Doctor they Who have, series. They have the ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. The ongoing classics, the one with. Uh, no, they have the ongoing Doctor Who 11th Doctor series. Right, right. That's what I said. The A, a bunch of the ongoing stuff of the current Doctor. Right. Uh, but they also have the stuff that was reprinted. I don't know. Back in the back in the eighties, when uh, Colin Baker was yeah. the Doctor, yeah, and they had the uh, the Warren Ellis run, and mm-hmm. they were reprinting the Seventh Doctor, which I thought was pretty awesome. The Seventh Doctor's comic adventures were pretty intense stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one where he had the Penguin, right? The Sixth and Seventh Doctor both traveled with Frobisher the Penguin. Yeah, but uh, the Seventh Doctor actually lost a companion. Uh, Ace died in comic continuity. It was a pretty big deal. I should do Batman a, was you know really I upset. Do? I should do a hero history of Doctor Who from comics. Yeah, but you're going to have to be I've very specific. All. I would look at like one particular arc. That's what I would do. I wouldn't that look would at like the sixth, the sixth Doctor, his entire run. Well, I mean, there aren't that many issues. There were maybe oh, really? three or four. Yeah, three or four hundred issues of Doctor Who monthly, and probably 300 of them had uh, serials in them. I bet you I could do. I had a Doctor Who monthly at one point. Anyway, IDW Publishing. I don't even know what that. No, means. no, I had Doctor Who monthly. I actually had the magazine at one point. Remember the comics oh, in the okay. backup. I was like, I, I think <laughs> is that a euphemism for something? No, no, not that uh, you need to know about. Anyway, fiftieth anniversary of Doctor Who, and IDW Publishing is running a. What is it? Is it, a, is it going to be 12 issues? A 12-issue miniseries. Yes. It's going to run the entire length of the year. One each for each doctor. Yeah, so it's... Uh, the thing that I'm afraid of getting into this series is that it's going to be kind of like that Doctor Who Star Trek 
crossover thing that had as many of the doctors as they could get in there, and it really sucked by the end. It didn't suck, and they only had two doctors in there. They had the fourth and the eleventh. Yeah. Okay. Those are all they could cram into that. We'll call them the doctor who is current and the doctor that everybody in America remembers. Right. Well, here's the doctor that I remember. And so it looks like we're going to just follow each of the doctors in uh, order of their appearance that we know them from all through all 12 issues, which makes me wonder what the 12th issue is going to be all about. And all all 11 doctors teaming up. Well, that'd be be interesting. 11 doctor story that we can't have because four of them are dead. Yes. Uh, speaking well, of the dead one. Dead and Christopher Eccleston is dead to me. <laughs> Just because he says he doesn't want anything to do with it. I'm not going to play the doctor again. Oh, wait. Uh, he's from the North. I'm not going to play the doctor again. All that right. is not a North Country accent. I apologize to the entire United Kingdom. I that didn't even Michael. know that that was an accent. That was Michael. What do you bloody mean that wasn't an accent? Written by Michael Scott and David Timpton. Art by Simon Frazier. A Doctor Who Prisoner of Time number one is the book we're looking at this week. Wow, we're like seven, five minutes into the show, and we're just getting to the issue. Featuring the very first Doctor. The first Doctor and his logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what's kind of cool, too, um, that they do have that that classic logo in there. I hope they use the correct logo for each of the Doctors. That would be kind of neat. I want to see Tom Baker's floaty face out there. I want to see Colin Baker's awesome laser array thing that they did in 86 well you know what's really cool is um you know a lot of uh the first doctor uh played by um what's his face william hartnell, william hartnell. uh mm-hmm. every time i see him always in black and white right and yet right. they have because, a little they, they have were. a little color picture of him there on the inside front cover which is kind of cool right. that's that's from the uh sessions for the three doctors oh in is it was it yeah. a stills photo? Because that doesn't look like he's uh, trapped inside of a diamond-shaped device. Saying, "I well, can't get out of this a, machine." I can tell the story. I know that. Like. I know the three doctor story. But I watched it just doctors, not too long ago. On. Before the three doctors, William Hartnell uh, was feeling okay. Mm-hmm. And as they were writing the story, William Hartnell was like, "Yes, I'll reprise the role." And when they did the uh, promotional shots, including this one, Hartnell was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his health was failing, and by the time they actually went to shoot, he was unable to stand for prolonged periods, which is why the first Doctor was locked in a box Mm -hmm. for the whole thing. So it was really kind of a shame. He passed away like right after, literally a few weeks after the filming completed. Well, at least he did it, right? Yeah, that is actually one of the awesome pictures from the three Doctors photo sessions Mm -hmm. where you get to see the first three of them all together. The first frame, uh, the first panel of this issue, though, I kind of first I had to take some uh, issue with because it says they are all the doctor and they just show all these pictures of people. Some of them that you recognize, uh, some of them that you don't, some of them that are female. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are they showing other past incarnations of the doctor that we haven't known about yet? No, they're just showing the companions. And then this mysterious hooded figure zooms in on the uh, on the main doctors. Look closely above the figure's head and you see the nude photo of uh, Joe Grant with the Dalek. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, woohoo! Yeah, they, they cram a lot of this stuff in here, and I was really appreciative of that uh, as they go through. But anyway, this mysterious hooded figure says that uh, he, he gives a history of the Doctors. Uh, which is great because it gives uh, some people uh, some updates on on what it's about. 
But then he says, there's something else and I'm going to have to fix or do something. I'm going to have to change something about the doctor. And we even see all the companions, including the penguin yep. that we were mentioning a moment ago. Frobisher. Yeah. And then we jump back to a story featuring the first doctor as he lands in London in 1868. Yes. In color. Yeah, in color. And he pops his head out and he's like, hey, come along, come along. And uh, uh, Vicky and uh, Cricket Head Ian and, and Barbara. Oh, Ian and Barbara. Yeah. Yes. And, and I love how they continually mispronounce his name or that the doctor continuously yeah. mispronounces his name throughout. Right. He yeah. always does that. It's a running gag. So one of the things about the first doctor was it was really not supposed to, I guess, originally be just like a, a pure entertainment show. Right. I mean, it was supposed to be it was a way for people to get education. Right. It's like, here's a history right. lesson. And this man is taking you back through time and teaching you throughout history. And I remember watching a lot of the first uh first Doctor Who uh, episodes when I watched them on on PBS. And it's like, man, this guy is just like a teacher giving me a history lesson. I hate this. I mean, I, I, I really like William Hartnell, but, uh, you know, that was the point. And this issue captured that voice perfectly. It really did. And you can you can hear Hartnell's voice. And Hartnell has a very specific speech pattern, as all right, the doctors right. do. Right. But you can hear the doctor's dialogue in that that clipped first mm -hmm. doctor sort of enunciation right and he wears his ridiculous hat i love it episode. his little turkish hat the little dead beaver on his head whatever yeah. that's all about the first three doctors all have ridiculous actually most of the doctors have ridiculous hats now that i think about yeah. it. yeah only only the fifth doctor had a decent hat Maybe that's why he's my favorite. His hat was not ridiculous. But in any case, he it was ends a, up. It was, it's called a caracal, K-A-R-A-K-U-L, or um, ask Astrahan, a triangle hat most often associated with Afghanistan. So there you go. Nice. Very cool. Well, he actually, this is another one of those historicals. They end up interacting with a real mm -hmm. historical, historical figure. figure. Yeah. Thomas Huxley who is a, a, a well-known educator and scholar mm -hmm. of the Victorian age. I can't decide if I want to be English or talk like Bill Cosby, apparently. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, this has to be, where do, where, where do you place this in the broadcast series? Well, this is after, um, this is after Susan left mm -hmm. and was replaced by Vicky. Right. We know that it takes place after the beginning of season two, because it's actually, uh, spoilers, it is a little bit of a proto-sequel to uh, The Web Planet from season two. Not a so yeah, sequel, say, yeah. It's definitely a sequel. I mean, it's something that happened after the events of Proto Planet, right? Right, right. The Web Planet took place in the, the middle of season two. I want to say that Ian and Barbara left at the end of season two, but I'm not certain of my first Doctor continuity yet. Um, but yeah. I think it takes place during the, the tail end of season two, the beginning of season three of the original Doctor Who. So 1966 ish, if you're looking for a time frame on the serial. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I look it up six episodes, 25 minutes each of the web planet, the fifth serial mm -hmm. of the second season. And it ran, uh, started February, 1965 and ran till March of 1965. There so go. there you go. So, so it's after it's it takes place after this at some point after this before the end of season two, 
And uh, they go back in time. And again, they're questioning the doctor about interacting with historical figures and, and bringing up something that he tells them. Remember, we can't uh, change anything about uh, the past. That would be bad of us. And then they, um, is that Susan comes right out and asks him and says, wait a minute, you always say that. And yet we're always getting involved. So what, what's the what's the deal? Is it this or this? And he's like, well, I haven't really made up my mind yet. And it turns out <laughs> yeah. that uh, Dr. Huxley, uh, a number of his students have gone missing in the underground and the London underground. So they're going all to investigate. Dr. Cl- Cliff Huxley. Getting back to my little <laughs> uh, cousin. Claire, uh, I want you to talk to Phil. Rudy. Rudy. Um, Vanessa, the, why are you such a mean little bitch? The thing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me in the context yeah. of the art in the story is... They make a big deal about dressing up in the period garb so that the uh, women can go in and listen to Huxley give his lecture. And then the minute that they're like, oh, no, Huxley, uh, we're going to come with you and we're going to go find your missing students. Very next page, they're all dressed in their in their 60s garb. Right. Like almost no time has passed. And it doesn't make a lot of sense how they just instantly are in a different set of clothes, or if they're trying to keep up appearances while, the, while they are walking in the streets of London, why they are even back in their old clothing. Yeah. And that's something that isn't, th- there are a couple of things that take place that are oddly spaced in terms of pacing. Mm-hmm. That is one. And then of course they enter the London underground and find the Zarby. Now who are the Zarby sure. besides a bunch of giant uh, ants? Insects, the I guess I should are say. Literally a bunch of giant ants. What? And of course, Huxley, who is a big, uh, a big proponent of Darwin, is like, oh, the, I don't believe we could ever have uh, not noticed that this this evolution happening. Uh, how could this happen right beneath our feet? Blah 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 blah. So again, they're trying to tie in some historical context into this. Yeah, and when you get to the point where they're referring to the web planet, specific mm-hmm. events in the web planet. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the point where the story is the least successful. Oh, really? How come? Because it, it feels like a direct sequel. It feels like there's there's always a danger when you're uh, adapting something, when you try and introduce something new and wacky and go, oh, well, these are like Daleks, only awesomer. Mm-hmm. But by using the Zarbi and using it in the time frame that they're using it, it makes it feel like this is kind of just a replay of the web planet, only with a little historical, it's like they've taken the yeah, historical I mean, and they've taken the space and they've taken things we know and swooshed them all together and given us kind of this concentrated first Dr. Snow cone. Well, but okay. So for a defense of that is that sure. I mean, we have come to expect that now, even now what happens in episode one of uh, the season will have an impact 10 and 20 episodes later. And we might even see the Ood reappear uh, and we know that the Ood are from, you know, whatever episode that they were from. So to me, this feels just like this natural part of the continuity, because as we find out later with um, uh, what's his name, Animus, um, mm-hmm. who's controlling the Zarbi. Even the doctor's like, wait a minute, how could he have even done this? How could he have done this? How could he have come back to this planet? How could he have this transporter technology? How could he have regrown yeah. without somebody planning him here? And so that sets up this situation where, hey, wait a minute, something's something's really jacked. And so in the defense of this plot point, it's not like it's 
it is forced in because there's somebody, this robed figure that we've seen, probably uh, what's his name, the Time Lord from uh, Legion of Superheroes. It's um, not the Time Trapper. <laughs> time Trapper. Um, it is not the Time Trapper. <laughs> wouldn't it be trapper. funny if it was? <laughs> wouldn't it be funny it if it was? Be funny if because it was that's the what the 12th trapper. issue is. I mean, we've already seen Legion of Superheroes in Star Trek. We've already seen Star Trek and Doctor oh. Who. The natural progression is Legion of Superheroes and Doctor Who with the Time Trapper being the uh, the big bad. Oh. Tell me that wouldn't be awesome. That wouldn't be awesome. <laughs> Not it would be more awesome. Well, that that's true, but it would still be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff with the Zarbi about uh, don't move, do what you say. I mean, that kind of seems forced because they should have already known, at least the companions should have already known um, yeah, they should have what was going on. Right. And then it comes to, you know, the doctor and Thomas Huxley and Ian Ch- Chesterfield. <laughs> Punching Zarbi. Yeah, yeah. And running. Thomas Huxley whacking a giant mole creature spider over the head and his hat's flying away. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty awesome. But, you know. <laughs> so they finally come to a uh, underground switch room um, or roundhouse or whatever. And there in the middle is uh, Animus. Right? Is that its name? Animus? Mm-hmm. Okay. Come in, Doctor. I have been waiting. To now, was this one of this? What was the lost episode? What were those lost episodes of Hartnell? That wasn't any of didn't involve any of these characters, right? What do you mean by lost episodes? Uh, the ones that they're slowly starting to recover. There are a number of episodes, uh, missing episodes of Doctor Who, and most of them are first and second Doctor episodes. There, there was one that was just found recently that had some, and this was when I say recently, within the last three years. That had like oh. some brain octopus thing as the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of what this, that's what this, uh, that's what Animus kind of looks like. It's like Octo a giant squid brain. jellyfish thing, squid which is kind of cool. Because, and here's it's the other thing. Diddly. Here's one of the other cool things that I like about this is that, mm-hmm. again, not having seen this particular episode, maybe I do, I don't remember. But um, the effects back then in the early episodes that I remember seeing are so bad that one of the nice things about being able to tell this in a comic book form is you can really make animus look like a pretty cool creature and the Zarbies look pretty cool and you can, you know, get the costuming just right and you don't have to make it, you know, look like a giant trash bag wadded up with somebody blowing on the end of a hose. Now, now we're not going to be that mean. No, I'm not. I'm just saying Back in the 60s, on a low BBC budget. Yeah, and there, I mean, there were a lot of these that were not particularly great special effects, at least now. They haven't necessarily held up, but yeah. And you can definitely, I believe that Web of Fear exists in its entirety, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But, you know, I, I'd have to actually go and check for sure. If I'm not mistaken, there it's either all there or it's missing like episode one or something. Hmm. But in any case, if you go and you look at this episode and you look at, you can see that the Zarbi are still the Zarbi. Right. And honestly, I don't remember what the animus looked like in the television show. So, you know, it, it may be awesome. It may not be awesome, but I'm pretty sure that web of fear is, is either not one of the missing episodes at all or only one of them. 
The Web of Planet was released on a double VHS in 1990 and a single VHS in and DVD in uh, 2005. The, in web the, of, Can- the Web Planet. Web of Fear. The Web Planet. The Web of Planet? The Web Planet. Or The Web of Fear. The Web Planet okay. is uh, the one that I'm looking at. Okay, because they're, they're different. Yeah, The Web Planet is this so particular one. So The Web Planet one. exists in its entirety. Apparently, yes. Okay, and then Web of Fear, we're missing one episode from. I, okay. There are multiple webs. Yes. Um, All right. And so just going back into the discussion about seeing the Zarbies in the Animus again, according to the Wikipedia, um, the Doctor, the second Doctor, returned to Vortis in the Missing Adventure spinoff novel, Twilight of the Gods. Fifth Doctor also vi- visited Vortis in the audio adventure, Return to the Web Planet. It was revealed in the Seventh Doctor Virgin New Adventure novel, All Consuming Fire, that the Animus was a great old one. <laughs> oh, well, we got to tie Cthulhu into everything. The great old ones are the... Let's see. I was trying to see if there was anything else. Oh, uh, the atmospheric density jacket seen in the first episode of the serial would never have made an appearance on TV, although Martha Jones would wear one in the Doctor Who magazine comic, The First, issues 386 to 389. I, I totally remember that. So there you go. Anyway, too much Doctor Who stuff. The My Lord goodness, it goes so deep. But, you know, even for me as a casual Doctor Who fan, I'm not a hardcore Whovian or whatever that they're called. Um, I don't know. Maybe you go to and, and try to steal from Susie Who. I don't know what they no, do. No, no, that's not a that's not a Whovian. Um, so anyway, that's before they get dream. before they get to the uh, Godfather, before they get to the uh, Animus Chamber, the Doctor sends a. Uh, uh, Chester man uh, yeah. off to go do something. <laughs> and so then Hux, Huxley and the doctor confront the animus and the animus kind of reveals his plan. I'm going to take over the planet for our doctor. <laughs> I'm going to eat some people. <laughs> there you go. He needs to sound like, um, um, <laughs> what's the name from the shouter? Little shot of horror. <laughs> no, 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 no. Audrey, Audrey too. Doctor. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Audrey too. Actually, not our, not a, not Audrey too. Who would be better? Who would be a better voice for the Animus? Well, Isaac Hayes has passed away. No, 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 no. Got to be somebody better. Um, Barry White. Oh, oh yeah, Barry White would be pretty good. Um, um I was thinking of um, what's his name from Kevin, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson. Little Shop, not Little Shop of Horrors. Um, God dang, I'm terrible with names tonight. Terrible names most nights, but today it was. It's been uh, names and math. I think I had a had an aneurysm or something. Had a stroke earlier, Steven. and it affected that part of my brain. I cannot think. Steven. Who am I thinking of? Tim. That- Tim. What's his name? Tim Curry. Tim. Tim Curry, Curry would be a good. Yes, he would be a good animus. Yeah, you could also go with Sir Ian Magneto. Eh, that one would work okay. Okay, too. But just Tim Curry being he knows outrageous. The voice of everything. My, you know, speaking of outrageous, we could get Lionel Richie. <laughs> Hello. Is it Am me you're looking for? Looking for? <laughs> uh, young Zach is sitting here just shaking his head in disgust like, and shame. I don't understand at our any antics. of these references, Mr. Schleicher. You know, just out of curiosity, me Zach. I mean, I'm not recording your track, so your do you know who Lionel Richie is? Uh, yeah. He says he knows who Lionel Richie is. Do you know Hello? Do you know that song? Okay, no, he, does he knows not know Lionel that Richie's daughter from the school. Oh, that's right. You know his daughter. All right. Anyway, that's why he knows. Ian had a particular task. Go get a train and run over the animals. 
Hit him with a train. <laughs> best plan ever. It was doctor. the best plan ever. That, that ranks right up there with the way the doctor took out the vampires from the vampires. Uh, anyway, uh, the doctor convinces Huxley not to say anything about it, convinces Huxley that there is more to this world than he ever dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And then as he talks with uh, Vicky and Susan and Ian, he turns his back and turns back around and they're mysteriously vanished. So we didn't see them vanish. I'm not but the last Barbara. time something like this happened, it was the time scoop. Yeah. And it was uh, Lord Rassilon stealing people. And I'm kind of hoping that it's not Lord Rassilon, but, you know, it could be Lord Rassilon. Now, why was he stealing people? Um, Rassilon was stealing people for a game. This was in The Five Doctors in 1985. Let's say 1983. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story, he stole the doctors and their old companions and brought them together in the death zone on Gallifrey to go fighty fighty. And uh, then at the end, the first doctor, who was played by a different actor because William Hartnell had passed away, went off on this long and involved tangent about someday he's going to return, which I thought was awesome and creepy all at once. But as for why they did what they did, dude, you got me. I know it was nine minutes. Man, it would be really tough if they did this exact same thing again. <clears throat> it would. Well, I mean, that's that's that fine line. Is it the same thing again, or is it the same thing you know, different? A, an homage, an homage to a thirty-year-old story. I think it's the time trapper. Well, here's the thing: if you go back and you look at what is popular in comic books and movies, what's popular right now? Retro, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry Allen, right? Basically, having Silver Age adventures. What are the popular movies? You got, you know, your your movies that harken back to Batman. Your movies that are we're going back to basics on Superman. Your movies where it's like. Movie 43, nobody knows what's it about. I haven't seen movies 1 through 42, so I don't know if that movie's going to make any sense. But I don't know if it would be terrible. If they if they have something that really ties it all together, that makes it make sense. Mm-hmm. Especially if you think about the fact that for 6 through 11, the events of the five doctors have already happened. So if they do something like that, they really need to lampshade it hard and have somebody reference that this is like what happened when Lord Rassilon captured five of us, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I could see that. But I could see that. The question for me is really going to be, how do the doctors feel? And this feels accurate, not perfect, right? but accurate for a first doctor. To well, like I said, got, feeling this thing about, oh my gosh, this is a history lesson just like... Mm-hmm. It's a historical. Yeah. And it's got, you know, it's got the moments with, I, I'm kind of sad that there's no Susan in a way, but I'm also glad right. that they didn't go for the obvious companion because nope. the doctor and Susan, Susan, his, his granddaughter, granddaughter however, right. that, you know, and I, playing with Vicky, I think is going to be something that's different. What's Vicky's deal? I guess I don't know much about her. What's her deal? Why does she keep having Vicky's these headache things? Oh, okay. And, uh, well, the thing that's really creepy about it is that um, when Susan left the show, mm-hmm. Susan, the, the the doctor's grandfather, also had psychic powers, strangely enough. Hmm. So Vicky is what we call a strangely, suspiciously similar substitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, then she comes from planet Dido, and she wants to thank you for giving her the best day of her life. <laughs> 
which I thought was nice too. Art, art wise, how'd you feel about the art? Love the art because it has not only William Hartnell, but it has William Hartnell doing expressions that don't feel like all of the pictures that I've already seen. Right. Because as I, I've said in the previous podcast, I read Doctor Who magazine when there was no new Doctor Who being made. Mm -hmm. So they'd go back and they'd compare three frames of video from Terror of the Autons and say how it was inappropriate. The Doctor looks like the Doctor. Ian looks like Ian. Barbara looks like Barbara. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what Vicky looks like, so she's 100% accurate to me. And of course, and Huxley, never, spot on. Yeah, spot on. It never, it never devolves into. I think I'm gonna get some mutton chops girl. like him. Oh, yo, you should. You okay, should, Matthew. You, well, I, I, I've threatened my wife with that. I was gonna shave the, shave the head and grow these big old mutton chops. I want Mike Nesmith mutton chops, but I, I, my face doesn't grow like that. It's yeah, I had, I had a friend. My friend Dave used to do that: shave his head and then grow these big old mutton chops. I mean. Ones that come all the way down friend. to almost his chin. Awesome. It was awesome looking. You don't know him, but he moved away. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you a picture of him. I'm pretty sure I'm almost 100% positive I have pictures of him. Uh, yeah, I, li I like the art a lot. Not only the only one. Um, what's his face? The the one that's not coming back. Uh, Eccleson. He's the Eccleson. only one whose face I didn't think they got just right. And maybe it's a rights issue. But, you know, when well, they're doing the, the when they're doing the I whole montage of all of the faces, Tom Baker looks like Tom Baker. Uh, Matt Smith looks like Matt Smith. I mean, everybody Colin looks Baker like Baker looks phenomenal. Yeah, he does. The panel where they're talking about the sixth doctor and he's doing that sixth mm -hmm. doctor face looking right at the camera. Right. That is a dead solid. Perfect. If you look, though, the picture that they have of Rose mm -hmm. doesn't even vaguely look like Billy Piper. Uh, in, so I don't know if that's intentional or if that's an artistic thing or not. I I sincerely doubt that on if page, they have the right. Are you talking to, about page three or page three I'm first panel or page three third panel? Fate, uh, the first panel you see a big blonde in the upper yeah, left yeah. that is supposed to be Rose, almost certainly that doesn't look quite right. Oh, and okay. then I think on page when you do the breakdown on page eight. When you go across the page, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's meant to be rows third over and one down and doesn't quite look right either. Okay. Cause there's, there's the, you see the yeah, pawns yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and next to the pawns on the right, that's Mickey and then mm -hmm. Frobisher and Adric above Adric is Romana too. Mm -hmm. Um, the kid with the hole in his head is over on the right. Right. I think the guy next to Romana is, is captain Jack. But there's a big IDW watermark, so I can't particularly tell. Mm. Yeah, I could see. And that. then Ace oh, so you with think her that, boombox. So you think that's okay? Yeah, um, I think I, that's meant to be Jack and Rose, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, but you know, they pay so much attention to all the other doctors and getting their look right to really not yeah. get something that looks like these two characters. The companion. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't. It just seems awkward for some reason. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I can see that. No, no, that's that's a legitimate. But all point. the rest of the art, really, really good. I mean, uh, everything really good. Nice composition, nice framing, good angles on everything. Some interesting angles, especially when the train comes barreling through and and crushing the animus. Oh, by the way, uh, if you haven't uh, heard this show before, spoiler alerts all over the place. Woohoo! Spoilers. I mean, sweetie. even to the point where you've got green guts all over the front of the engine. 
is awesome. I mean, great detail, great coloring. <laughs> felt like a, a first Doctor adventure to me. It felt legitimate enough for me. And I mean, I, I would say that we are what you'd call the upper mid card. We're not casual fans. Because mm-hmm. I, I think we've watched all the episodes of the new series. I've watched most of the old. I'd say I'm casual because I don't get hardcore into all the episodes and what happened when and that kind of stuff. I watch them and appreciate yeah, them for what they are. If you know more than Tom Baker had a long scarf, I would say you're more than a casual fan. Oh, yeah. Jelly Babies and K9, too. That's right. Hey, and what's, Sarah Jane Smith and her ridiculous outfits. What's up with the first page cover, or the first cover to this uh, to this issue? Is that a Cyberman? Let's see. Yes, that is in fact an original series Cyberman. Why? So let me ask you this: Why on the mm-hmm. main cover would you have the Cyberman, and then on alternate cover, cover I forget which one it is. That's where you have the Zarbi. And then your photo cover is the black and white doctor. Why would you put the Cyberman on your main cover page? Has nothing to do with what's on the inside. It's drawn by Francesco Francesco Francavilla. Well, but you know what? Oh, I think you know what this I, is. I'll a, bet you this is a money. giant. Oh yeah, because look down in the lower left. Oh yeah, this is going to be a giant connect the pieces and, and connected cover. thing. Yep, that's what it's going to be. And here's something else. When it comes to Frank I hope it comes Avia, out as a giant poster. They may be putting the primary cover on Frank Avia because Francesco Frank Avia is a hell of an artist. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was just wondering they why they might copies. why they might put well, uh, I think the, the Cyberman A and B there. covers are going to be fifty fifty. Yeah, and then the the photo cover is going to be some sort of premium mm-hmm. Framistat. So, what's the bottom line on this for you, Matthew? Bottom line for me is if you're a Doctor Who fan. I would say jump on board now. If yeah, you've yeah. never read any Doctor Who, this is still a decent adventure comic. I would definitely recommend it. And I, I'm, you know, once it's done and I know that it's good, I might hand this 12 issue series to somebody and say, here's an idea of what Doctor Who is about without watching 750 hours of television. I think you, you are probably spot on with that. Uh, and again, listeners, this is called Dueling Review, and usually it's supposed to be what Matthew and I review? fighting with one another. Yeah, we that's, always that's, fight, we've so. got another podcast for that. It's called the Major Spoilers Podcast. Um, Actually, we've got another podcast for that. It's called Every Other Time We Talk. <laughs> You're me. a knee biter and your mother never loved you. Uh, anyway, or no, your father smelled of elderberries. Love that column. Loved, that loved, loved, love, love this, uh, this book. It was really good. I, I felt it really captured the spirit, the, the style, everything. Uh, I say yep. it's a, it's a must-pick-up for Doctor Who fans, and even if you're a casual fan— Pick it up, give it a read, especially if you have some love for the old doctors. Next time on Dueling Reviews, we have coming out next week from the various companies, Colder number four. I have no idea what Colder is from uh, Dark Horse Comics. I know they sent it to us. Um, Let's see what else we have. Oh, the Monero Library. There's a fourth uh, printing of that coming out. Star Wars, no, oh, Star Wars number one reprint. Meh. Yeah, that's what I say. Um, Batwing number 17, really no love for that. Dial H number nine. Murph. Legend of the Dark Knight number five. Legend. I, I don't, to be honest, series. well, if you did, then it would be the uh, digital series that they have going on. Phantom Stranger number no, five. I read everything in the original issues. 
IDW Publishing Even next week that has were in original issues I read in the Ooh, there's a new artist edition of the Dave Stevens Rocketeer coming out. Doctor Who Omnibus Trade Paperback Volume 1. I don't know what's going to be in that. Joe Palooka number 3, Mars Attacks number 7. My Little Pony Friendship is Magic number 3. Oh boy, let's read that. <laughs> Transformers. I haven't read the other ones for yet. I don't even know anything oh, about My Little Pony except my sister used to have them when we were kids. All right. Well, there's these Image ponies, Comics. Right? Image Comics uh and Black Acre number Twilight. 3. Great and Pacific Twilight number 4. Has a girlfriend named Bella. Guarding the Globe, number six. I Love Trouble, number three. No, I'm not ignoring you. I'm listening to you. Morning Glories 24, which we haven't looked at Morning Glories in a super-ass long time. Let's do Morning Glories 24. I got to get caught up on that series. Uh, Marvel Comics. Boy, they don't even have all the indies next week. They just got the main ones up. Marvel Comics next week. Just double-check. Hawkeye 1, 2, f- one, two and 4 are all getting reprints next week. Number one and two are the fourth printing. Number six is the second printing. That was the Christmas episode one. That was really good. Hit Girl number five. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Avengers number 37. And, of course, Matthew's favorite, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 20. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, but see, hey, you've already. Ultimate <laughs> I remember reading that story when it originally appeared in Spider Man 200 through 225. That's stupid. You're stupid, too. <laughs> um, why are we talking like this? I don't know why you're talking like that. Um, <laughs> I don't need Manhattan Projects number nine comes out from, Im- from uh, Image. Okay, so Morning Glories number 24 gives us a chance to get caught up on all the craziness that's going on with Morning Glories. That is what we will do. Listeners, you have a chance to rush out and buy that uh, issue on the day that it's rush released. Right out in a buying frenzy. And remember, we don't release this issue until after the issue. Uh, we don't release this episode until after the issue hits the stand. So there's plenty of time, unless you're Zach, who's sitting over there. Plenty ah, of time to go that. buy the book and follow along with us and enjoy. Although, I don't know if we really followed along quite closely this week. We're kind of all over the place. Oh, we're getting too long on this show, too, anyway. Oh, crap. We're done. Yeah, we're done. See you next week, everybody. Remember, one comic, two guys. Infinite possibilities, and we will see you soon. Major Spoilers is copyright 2013. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.